Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Courage is calling to every single one of us. Are you listening? Will you answer the call? Everyone can have that opportunity to answer the call, to be more courageous in one's life. And that is what my guest and I, Ryan Holiday, speak more about in today's conversation. Now, for those of you that somehow don't know who this amazing human being is, Ryan Holiday is probably one of the best authors around. He is probably one of the best uh, living philosophers, I guess you could say, in today's day and age as well. He is the author of over 10 books now, and he's got many more on the way, believe it or not. He's a New York Times bestselling author of several books, including but not limited to The Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, The Daily Stoic, Conspiracy, Stillness is the Key, and his brand new book, which I honestly think is one of my favorite books from Ryan Holiday. It was captivating, really struggled to put the book down, believe it or not. It's called Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave. And really, all of us, like I said before, we have this ability to answer the call to be more courageous in one's life. But oftentimes fear, as it so easily does, it stops us from taking a step forward into the unknown. It stops us from achieving greatness in our life and for being our true authentic selves. And what Ryan aims to do in this book and what I really, really loved about this book as well was... He unpacks for us in the first section all the elements that revolve around fear, all the reasons, and he does this by sharing a bunch of stories that of people that could have used fear as an excuse not to be more courageous. And oftentimes that's what many of us do today. But Ryan's aim is to show you this is what can happen if you do answer the call to be more courageous in your life. If you do take that step out into the unknown, you are able to achieve things that were beyond even your own comprehension. And that for me 
is honestly enough. If I can step out into the unknown and use courage to my advantage, if I can put everything that I know and everything that I am on the line for this one thing, and that is going to be enough for me. And I hope that it can be said the same thing for you. So Ryan and I do uncover where courage comes from exactly. Has it always been there or is it just something that we have created in and of ourselves? Standing up for things that we really believe in and why is it that not a lot of people have courage in the first place to step out into the unknown? And how does faith and courage stand together or does it in fact? So I hope that you guys really, really enjoy this conversation as much as I did being able to speak with Ryan. He's an extremely busy individual. He has a bookshop in Texas as well that he's constantly a part of, which is really, really exciting. I can't wait to actually get over there. But Courage is Calling is Ryan's first book in a series of cardinal virtues that he uncovers. So the cardinal virtues are courage being the first one, temperance, justice, and wisdom. And we can expect more great books from Ryan, I'm pretty sure, in, in the not too distant future. So we do talk about a, a little bit towards what is involved in the writing process with these kinds of books uh, and the virtues themselves. Why are they all important and why do they uh, help us in our lives when we do choose to embrace them and bring them into our life? Because everything in life really begins with courage. So this book, I believe, if you choose to get it, Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave is really a testament to helping each and every one of us find more courage and answer the call to be more courageous as well. So my friends, before you go, don't forget to share it around, uh, subscribe and leave a rating and review over in our podcast. Really do appreciate each and every one of you guys. All right. Courage is calling, my friends. So we're going to journey into this story box today and listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the stories of none other than Ryan Holiday. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. I know how busy you are, so it's a real honor for me to actually get to uh, sit over Zoom with you and get to unbox your story today. Uh, I do have to ask you my very first official question for you is a question I normally ask all my guests at the very start, which is, what does success look like for you? In a word, it's usually autonomy. How much control do I have over my life day to day? Now, I would accept, obviously, as puny human beings, we have very little control over 99% of the things that happen in the world. But sort of day to day, am I in charge? Am I in charge of what I work on? Are the things that I work on, do they come to exist in the world? You know, how much control do I have over my own schedule, who I see, what I have to do? So for me, like success is, am I moving closer towards uh, having more control over my life day to day? Do you find it hard to have more and more control over your life or does it get easier over time? Well, the paradox of success is that you usually end up with less control over your life. Now, in some sense, you're in control because you have opportunity and privilege or, or whatever, but you have less control because now there's all these cool things coming in yeah. and you sort of instinctively say yes to them. There's certain obligations, expectations. So what you tend to see happen is that as people uh, become more and more successful, they have less and less control 
day-to-day of what they do and don't do. And that's sort of the opposite of the journey that I'd like to be on. With this paradox, which I find is very interesting, when was the moment for you in your lifetime that you realized that control over your life or autonomy was in fact success for you? Has it been this gradual thing over time for you, you think, that you've noticed at different areas or was it more of a catalyst somewhere? I mean, I, I sort of always had the sense that I really didn't want to be like a job person so much or that I, you know, I, I didn't like uh, the sort of grind of, of that. Um, but I remember when I was working on Ego, uh, I was I had a big consulting job uh, with a company that was sort of in turnaround. And uh, I remember I'd, I'd gone out for a run that morning and I checked my watch and I saw that I was like, oh, shit, I have to. I have to be back for like a staff meeting or a, a, a meeting that I'd agreed to in like 20 minutes or whatever. And I had to cut it short, get in the car, drive. And I, I, it sort of occurred to me, it was like, you know, I'd already written three books that had sold very well. Uh, I was in the middle of the fourth. And how many people would kill to have just that, right? And here I was out of greed, uh, unthinkingness, stupidity, whatever you want. It was a combination of all those factors, having put myself in this predicament where I had to be at an office at a certain time to uh, go to a staff meeting at which nothing would be accomplished that did not need to occur. And all of this. So it was just sort of like, what was the point of achieving these things if I still had to do this crap that everyone else had to do that I had told myself I didn't want to do. And so that was part of like, okay, what kind of life do you want? What is the point of all this? And uh, what are you going to start sort of start saying no to, or what kind of boundaries are you going to draw about how you do things? The kind of life that you do have currently as being a very well-known author and a great author at that as well. Did you ever think as you're growing up, hey, I'm going to be this great author one day. I'm going to write all these amazing books. So we'll get something not even on the cards for you. I mean, I wasn't someone who, you know, wanted to be a writer from 10 years old or something like that. My first love was music. So I thought maybe I'd be a musician. I like the sort of untraditional life of some sort of creative profession, but I really had no sense of, of whether that was actually possible or not. And, uh, I just didn't. I just didn't know that much about it. I mean, all all the people that I grew up with, uh, all their parents were, you know, had jobs. I don't think anyone was even an entrepreneur. So, the idea of sort of doing all that seemed very, very unlikely to me. But I did have this kind of vague sense that that wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. So, what got you into writing your first book in the first place? My first book came out of, well, I sort of had two paths, right? So I was the research assistant for this uh, amazing author named Robert Greene. Yep. And so I, I was clearly attracted to writing, wanted to be a writer. Uh, this this happens a little bit later in my story, but um, then I also had this career in marketing. And so it, it, there was always this idea in my mind that eventually those two things would, would intersect or I would drop the, the, the latter to focus on the former. I wasn't sure how and when that would happen. And in the, the late 2000s, I uh, sort of came upon this idea of writing sort of an expose on how the media system worked, which became my first book. That wasn't what I wanted to write books about. That wasn't like the kind of writer I wanted to be, but it, it felt like the best first book for me as sort of a transition from one 
career to the other career. What did Robert Green? I've had him, I had the pleasure of speaking to him uh, on, on the show. Great conversation uh, as well. But I'm curious, what did you or what did Robert teach you about what makes a good writer compared to one of the great writers that draws you in? Oh, that's really easy. I mean, Robert taught me everything. Like uh, literally, <laughs> literally everything. He he taught me how how to be a be a writer. What a, what a writer's life looks like. Taught me literally like how a book comes together. Like what that's that's one of the benefits of being sort of an assistant or an intern. It's why I do recommend. Like, it, it's like if you wanted to be a musician, like go get a job sweeping the floors at a recording studio, right? Like, so you can see the process, like how it comes together. Um, and so I think what I really learned from Robert was that uh, among a whole bunch of other things, but like how a thing goes from an idea to an accumulation of information and research gets synthesized into a draft, how the draft gets refined into a manuscript, the, the, stuff with the publisher and then how it's marketed and then how it lives on after that. I really just learned like all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, in addition to everything else he taught me that I would say was, you know, irreplaceable because then when I had an idea for my first book, which people do all the time, people go, it'd be cool to do a book about X or Y or Z. Um, I knew where to start. Right. Mm -hmm. Unlike most, but I actually knew where to start. And um, I knew that I could do it because I'd seen it done before. I didn't know if it'd be any good, but I knew it's like I knew how, what it took, how it worked. And uh, all of that made just the whole very intimidating thing a lot less intimidating. I am in that period at the moment where I'm learning all that stuff right now. It's a massive beast and I had no idea how much of a beast it actually would be. I thought it'd be pretty simple, but it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. fun, but it's not that simple. But I'm curious, what do you love the most about the writing process in general as a whole? I mean, I love, I love all of it. Obviously, I love different parts in different ways, but I think that the thing that gets me the most excited on a project is like, when, so when you have the idea, yep. the sort of cracking of how that will be translated into a book. So when you have an idea, it's, hey, you want to write a book about, you know, the media, or you want to write a book about ego, or you want to write a book about what I'm doing now, this, this four book series on the cardinal virtues. How, how like what, well, what's it going to look like? You know, what's the approach? What's the style? What's, you know, how's that going to be broken down? The 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 sort of vague idea phase to like the path forward that I I enjoy that the most. So when you got the idea to write these the series of these four books, I mean, you got courage, which is the first one, you got temperance, you got justice and you got wisdom. Now, my mind is going to okay, courage is probably an easy kind of topic, easy enough to talk about because there's so many great stories in the world of people who have been courageous and then diving into that. But temperance, I got no idea what temperance is. <laughs> so writing a book, an entire book about temperance was, have you, is that the next one in your series? Are you able to share which is coming next or like, yeah, yeah. You go? no, no, it's, it's the one next. And this is exactly sort of what I'm talking about. So, okay. Temperance as a cardinal virtue, uh, obviously there's there's uh, a bunch of ways you could do that. 
And what you're up against is precisely what you said. People either don't know what it means or they think they know what they what it means and they don't like it. Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> how, it's not just how do you write a book about an idea, but how do you write about a book about an idea that will help people, that will be readable, right? Um, that that will be compelling, that has a chance to reach a large audience, that's pleasurable and challenging to you as the author to enjoy spending a year plus of your life on. So all those questions have to be answered. Ultimately, what I ended up doing on this book, because I'm I'm almost through with the first draft right now, um, is deciding to... So each virtue is sort of a, a, a bucket that contains other virtues. And, and temperance, which is really the, the sort of idea of what is the right amount of something, yep. um, I'm sort of subsuming under the larger idea of self-discipline. Mm -hmm. So courage is, you know, sort of charging into battle or, you know, speaking truth to power. It's sort of straightforward, inspirational. Um, self-discipline to me is sort of the, the, the control one has over themselves the the resources and willpower one is willing to bring to problems, uh, the things one is able to uh, restrain themselves from doing, or you know uh, the, the balancing act that we have to take in a world of plenty and abundance. So you know again, the, the first decision is okay. What's my definition of temperance? My definition of temperance is going to be this one about about self discipline, and then okay, so who are the characters that are going into this book? How it will be structured? What are the elements of self discipline? What's the journey yeah. that one goes on in the pursuit of self discipline? So th those are all the questions that you end up having to answer, kind of before you start, but then also once you've once you've started, you know every every decision you make just brings forward you know a myriad of other decisions you have to make. I've got quite a few questions coming out of that. If you don't mind, you got to bear with sure. me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but are the cardinal virtues, are they all going to be similar to the book that you've written? Like Courage is Calling, like the way you've written it is there's quite a few stories in here. Are they all going to be similar to that? I think so. I mean, again, this is what, you know, you decide to write a four book series, you sell a four book series, then you go write the first book. So you, you can, it can be however you want it to be, right? Hmm. Whatever you think that first book needs to be. But in, in so doing, you've now set forth a kind of a template or a set of expectations for how the other books go. So, uh, and by choosing the things you wrote about in book one, you eliminate or obligate certain things to be discussed in the other books. So uh, there's a kind of a four-dimensional uh, sort of thing that you're having to balance. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, as, as it stands right now, I mean, who knows, like the notes could come back from the editor. It says, this is trash and you've got to <laughs> totally go in a different direction. But my, my, my current plan is yes, sort of four books, roughly the same length, same style, same approach. Um, the idea of illustrating what each of these virtues look like through stories and figures throughout history, um, and uh, yeah, that 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 that's where it is right now, but uh, still somewhat in a state of flux. I think a lot of people would know of virtues as as a whole, but the cardinal virtues, like honing in on those four in particular, I think they're important as well. So I wanted to ask you, why are these four cardinal virtues important for one's life in particular, and? Are we able to have all four in one and do they all like tie into each other at all? Well, yeah, you're right. We, we tend to think of virtue as this singular thing when really the virtue is made up of 
of a variety of traits. And then each one of those traits is a sort of sub traits underneath it. But I think the four cardinal virtues are a, a great template, a sort of a guiding set of principles for life. The idea being that sort of every situation demands one or all four of those things from us yeah. because they, they work in concert with each other, right? So courage in pursuit of an unjust cause obviously is not the point. Or, you know, what if the thing that you think is just is actually a result of your poor understanding of the facts on the ground? That would uh, that comes back to wisdom. Or what if your courage taken to excess becomes a form of injustice or a form of stupidity? Um, right. So this is where temperance comes in as a moderating impulse on top of. Uh, uh, of courage. So, so all the virtues sort of work in concert with each other. They're, they're real difficult to separate that I would say they inform each other uh, in a way that uh, makes sure you're applying the right thing in the right way to the right situation. This may be a dumb question to ask, but having said all that, do you think there's one virtue that's more important than the other? I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, you obviously can't pursue justice without courage because we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people. At the same time, how do you know what is just if you have not pursued wisdom and knowledge? Um, and then, you know, perhaps uh, self-discipline, self-restraint to know what to pursue, what not to pursue, the right amount, uh, you know, uh, when to push, when to put, when to push back, when to step back. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I would say uh, probably the root of most of the injustices today are the result of a lack of knowledge combined with a lack of courage. Yeah, um, I agree. So, so I started with courage because I feel like it's the most straightforward. It's probably the easiest one to work on uh, or, or, or it's the easiest one to, to sort of see results on maybe. Uh, but but I don't know if I'd say one is more important than the other. Mm. You start off this new book, Courage is Calling, by going down into fear, which I think was absolutely perfect. And I learned so much as a result of that, some things I had no idea about. But why do you think that some people actually fear courage? Well, I guess what I would say is that uh, courage is the triumph over fear. Right. So fear is this thing that prevent like we often know what we should do or what it would be good to do or nice to do, or right to do. But then obviously something prevents us from doing that. Right. It's usually not that we're evil. Uh, it's usually that we have self-interest or we have worries or doubts. Um, so fear is this thing that gets in the way of courage. Right. So I don't know if people fear courage. But I, I suspect we fear what will happen if we do the courageous thing. Mm. People will laugh at us. People will criticize us. We'll end up living under a bridge somewhere. You know, we have these reasons. No, nobody, just, very rarely is someone just like, I just, I don't care. Like, I'm a nihilist and I don't care what happens to anyone, including myself. It's usually we've we've convinced ourselves uh, that it's impossible or not our problem or that it's, you know, not right for us at this moment. Mm. 
where does I want to give my audience a little bit of context before we go a little bit deeper, if that's okay with you, but where does courage officially come from? Like where is it just, or has it always just been there? What do you mean the word or the idea? The idea of courage. Well, I mean, I suspect it's always been, there's obviously evolutionary reasons for courage, you know, a cowardly, uh, cowardly uh, species uh, might survive in, in, in some sense, but, could hardly be said to flourish. And, and, you know, as I say to the victor, go the spoils. Some, sometimes, the, you know, you could, you could see why courage would be rewarded evolutionarily. People feel safe around courageous people. Courageous people are the ones who, you know, explore new continents or invent new things or, you know, make great fortunes, right? Because courage is really the sort of uh, the, the management or the, the, the ability to, to take risks. Yeah. Right. And so um, I think I think there's a, a reason we have courage. And I think, you know, it'd be one would be hard pressed to find a society. Historic or otherwise that, you know, doesn't hold up courage as a virtue. It's probably of the virtues, one of the oldest ones, mm -hmm. just because it goes back to man versus the elements. Um, yeah. In your research and, and studying this idea of, of courage and I think you went, you even went into uh, Stoic philosophy and Seneca and all the, uh, the Stoics that do talk about courage as a whole. And you do have some biblical examples in the, from the Bible too, which I've, and some great stories. Who, who did you find that sort of stuck with you the most that you thought, okay, he's the most courageous person in my mind. I don't know if there's someone I'd say they're the most courageous person, because I think the reality is, um, you know, we, we, someone could be very courageous in one facet of their life and fall completely short in another. So what I try to do instead of going like this one person is courage, I try to sort of show courage and action in different ways. So sometimes, you know, I might be returning to the same character or Winston Churchill or Florence Nightingale or Martin Luther King several times. Yeah. In other cases, it might be one singular moment in a person's life where they sort of stepped forward and did the courageous thing. I, you know, I also look at obviously moments where people fell short. Uh, Richard Nixon, for instance, has a chance to get Martin Luther King out of jail, uh, fails to do so. And it, it not only is a sort of a black mark on his name, but it costs him the, the presidential election in 1960. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I, I'm more interested in like in this moment, someone had a choice between courage and fear or courage uh, and heroism, right? That sort of higher form of courage. And what did they choose? Uh, and, and what lessons does that teach us? Mm. You say, actually, there's only one form of courage, the, the form that you put your ass on the line and just give it your right. role, you, you go for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, like if I told you that starting this podcast or writing a book or or creating a new business, if I was like, look, it is guaranteed that you will be successful. Right. That like it's going it's going to work. Uh, then then it might still be a good thing to do, but it's just not courageous. Right. Like it could be a lot of other things. But courage is if there is no risk, uh, if if there's nothing to be worried about or afraid of, there are no potential negative consequences. It's mm. not exactly brave to do it. It could be a sure, you know, it's still probably a good thing to do. It's just, it's just, we're not talking about courage. Yeah. It, it, when you 
Okay. I want to go into your story for a moment. When have you had to pursue courage more in your life? And then the second question from that, when you were doing the research on courage, was there anything that sort of surprised you at all? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I would I would say that my life has been uh, a rather privileged and safe one compared to the characters I'm writing about in the book, and and certainly that's in in many ways due to the courage of the people that we're talking about in the book. We all live in a in a sort of a modern sort of safe uh, world, primarily due to the legacy we inherited from courageous people who you know. Uh, battled the elements, who discovered new things, who who built things, who fought in wars, uh, you know, who, who risked or, or, or gave it all. But I'll, I'll give you an example. When I, when I dropped out of college to sort of pursue this path that I'm on now, the idea like that it would work was obviously I had some sense it would, but there was a huge part of me that, that thought, you know, I was making the biggest mistake of my life. And there were certainly people who told me that's what I was doing. And it was a thing where, um, you know, getting up close and personal with it, it turned out it was less scary in some ways. But I also, you know, after I, I, I did it, I, I um, you know, they were like, hey, look, this scholarship that you're on now, you can come back to college anytime you want, but the scholarship is gone forever. Right. So there's a, a certain irrevocableness to the decision that I made. Um, to the tune of, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, the fact that it ultimately worked out, you know, doesn't mean that it wasn't very scary in that moment, because all of that was unknown to me. All of the where it would go was a possibility, but also the other places that it could have gone were just as likely of a possibility. So when you when you sort of take that plunge, uh, you're having to bet that you'll be able to figure it out on the way down. You'll be able to figure out a way through. And, uh, you know, a bunch of different times in my life, I've had to make sort of bets like that, where you go, here's what I know I'm capable of. Here's why I think this is a good idea. And here's why I'm pretty convinced I'll be able to survive those worst case scenarios too. Yeah. You actually do share in the afterword of this book, a pretty deep story of something that you you stood up to and you didn't believe that this was the right thing to do. Uh, are you able to share a little bit of that story for people that might get them well, that, uh, interested? The story was, uh, honestly, I was trying to present a little bit of the opposite, which is that uh, it was also a moment in which I saw something that I knew wasn't right. Um, and I was willing to sort of take some preliminary basic steps about it, but that was as far as I was willing to take it. Why? Because I didn't want to lose my job, like a lot of people. Um, and so this thing happened, right? It, it didn't happen in my name exactly. I wasn't uh, complicit directly in it happening, but I'm also indicted by the fact that it did happen because I, I could have potentially stopped it and I didn't. Mm. And so when we talk about courage, we don't just mean, you know, uh, you know, parachuting out of an airplane in a war zone or, you know, uh, you know, exploring the deep unknowns of space. It's also, you know, what you do at work, you know, what what you're willing to be uh, tied up with, what what you're willing to speak up about um, and, and, and how one sort of participates actively in the world around them at any one moment. And so I, I told that story because 
I didn't want to think, I didn't want people to think that this is just sort of a raw, raw book about courage. The courage is easy, uh, that everyone is courageous. And, and that's not the truth, right? The truth is that it's really hard and we struggle and we fall short. We don't go all the way that we should. We've been wrong about things. We've been on the wrong side of things. But what we can try to do is get a little bit better every day. Um, And I think to me, the lesson of that story, and it's something I've thought a lot about now in my own life, which is like all the excuses that I had at the time did not age well. They made perfect sense in the moment. Five years later, 10 years later, they do not stand up well. And that is usually the case for whatever the excuses you're making for not doing the thing that you know you should do now. I had a similar experience to you where I was in real estate uh, for a period of time. And my boss, in order to get the particular sale, it was we had a number of sales that were really, really hard to actually get. So in order to get the sale, he would bring us in and he'd say, ask Jay. Jay's uh, an honest man. Ask him whether or not you should buy this property. And if I did not agree that this person, I didn't know what the person really wanted in the first place. I was just told sure. by my boss to actually say this in order to, for him to get the sale. Because if she could hear from another person that this was the case, then she'd more likely trust in sure. the sale. So there were a couple of times like that where I had a decision to make whether or not go against my boss and, and face the repercussions of that. I knew he he could just let me go at any moment and he, he'd been known for that. But I made the choice to stand up for my integrity. And it took a lot of courage for me to do that because I was nervous as heck, man. Like sure. <laughs> I had I had no idea what was going to happen after that, but I'm glad that I I did decide to stand up for what was right, what I knew to be right. And the buyer appreciated afterwards. So I mean, my boss didn't, but <laughs> the buyer did in the first place. So, and there was another, another little instance where I was put into a situation at, in my workplace. It was very, very dangerous for me to be in. I haven't really shared it with anyone at all, but it was very, very dangerous, kind of like in, in your respect, what happened with you. And I had to make a decision what to do in that moment. I chose to run as far as I possibly could, but that took a lot of courage for me to do. But I understand for some people, like at different ages, it might be hard for them to exempt or exemplify courage in their own life. It might be hard to bring it up. So uh, if we're looking at sort of like the ancients, uh, my mind goes to like the ancient Spartans and how you look at those guys, it's like they're bred for courage, <laughs> that sort of thing. So do you think that over time our society has lost courage at all or have we gone in a better way in some respect? I mean, when you look at history, obviously, yeah, that for every, uh, you know, there, there are the Spartans, there's greatest generation that there's all sorts of of moments of exemplary courage but simultaneously there were moments of cowardice right and and, yeah. and moments of, of great injustice and and those same people that were willing to face down the nazis you mm-hmm. know in america let's say didn't want to do anything about segregation right and so uh it's complicated is i guess what i would say and we want to look at we want to look to find inspiration from history, but we also want to look to find cautionary tales. Um, I would I would probably argue that, you know, we we used to be more explicit about courage, had sort of a culture that that held up courage as a virtue. And maybe a little bit of that has fallen away. And that's partly why I wanted to do uh, the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, this struggle between 
our sort of lower self and higher self is probably one of the, the most timeless struggles that has ever existed. And this mm. is why I opened the book with the story of Hercules at the crossroads. This idea going back to ancient mythology is that we come to the opportunity, as you said, do you tell the truth to the client or do you tell the client what your boss wants to wants you to say? Uh, we come to that crossroads often in life. And, you know, sort of what we choose in that moment matters. Mm. Mm. It really does. i got a couple more questions for you, Ryan, because sure. I know your time is very valuable, man. Appreciate you making the time once again. But what has been the biggest risk that you've ever taken within your family? I don't know if there's been a particularly, like, if I go, this is the biggest risk I've ever taken. Uh, my wife and I took a big swing here about two years ago. We decided to open a, a bookstore here in this small town that we live in. Um, but I, I think we kind of have a track record of doing that, you know, as a couple, just deciding, like, what is the thing? What do we really, where do we want to be in life? What do we want to do? Um, and then being willing to sort of to, 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 put our money where our mouth is, whether that was moving to Texas, whether it was moving to the country, whether it was moving to this small town, whether it was opening this bookstore. I, th I think we, we we try to sort of think about where we want to end up as you open with the idea of what our definition of success is. And then understanding that that's not free. You don't just get that. No one's going to hand it to you. So if you're not willing to risk anything for it, it's very unlikely you'll ever end up with it. Why in the world did you decide to open up a bookstore <laughs> in a small town during a pandemic? So I think sometimes, sometimes, you know, uh, you just have some sense that it's a good idea. Maybe it's a calling or, a, you know, a destiny of some kind. I think we just had some sense of wanting to be rooted in a specific place around a specific thing and, and felt some sort of calling that this was the right place, the right idea at the right time. And, you know, so far it's, 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 that's been the case. Mm, I love books, bookshops. I was telling you just a moment ago, like I could spend hours in them. So I can't wait to get to your one. Ryan, man, these two final questions for you. I know okay. I'm going along, but no. what would you say that you love the most about your story and yourself? I don't, I don't know. I don't have a good answer to that. Um, but I, I would like to think that my story is one that's, that's getting better, right? Like I, I, I felt comfortable telling the story at the end of courage in which I'm, I don't think I'm the hero by any means. I'm, I'm more the cautionary tale, but I felt comfortable doing that because I don't identify with that person anymore. Right. Like I know that, or I I'd like to think that I would make that decision differently now. And that I have a decent track record that shows that that's the case. Right. And so this idea that one is on a journey forward, that one is making progress day to day, um, I, I feel like applies to my story. I not at all uh, claiming perfection or arrival, uh, but I, I like to think that I'm making improvements. Mm. This is my final question for you, Ryan. It's my all-time favorite question. I love asking all my guests at the very end. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. I know, just stay with me. <laughs> we'll call it magic for sake of argument. But being able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday, what do you want that film to say and to show about your life? 
I mean, my, I, I, um, I usually say that sort of my three priorities are, are being a father, being a writer and, and being a spouse. You know, uh, if, if I combine sort of spouse and father and add on top of that, like being a citizen, those would be the, the sort of four themes that I would like to see sort of represented in that video that I did my sort of duty and job uh, to the best of my ability and that I made a, a positive contribution, right? That I, I showed up, I did my best and I left the place a little bit better than I found it. To me, that, that's all one can really ask for. Um, the scale of what that looks like, you know, uh, whether you're one of the figures in the books or you're just some sort of unknown but 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 decent human being, you know, to me that that sort of says more about the events that happened to occur in your life, uh, and, and and you know a lot of what they call moral luck uh, is involved there. But I think those four general themes uh, would be what I'm working towards and like to see. Mm, I love that, man. Where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about you, and get your books? Yeah, so they can come uh, to the bookstore here in, in Bastrop, Texas, The Painted Porch or thepaintedporch.com, and you can follow me on social uh, at Ryan Holiday. You got a great newsletter too. So Thank you. If people can sign up to that. <laughs> but go and get a copy of Ryan's new book, Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave. It's a great read. I'm halfway through it at the moment and loving every... I only started it two days ago, so that tells you something. <laughs> but thank you so much, Ryan, for your time today and for joining me on the Storybox podcast. Jay, I appreciate it. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.